0: you might've thought about starting a business as a nurse. And we believe as nurse business owners that nurses are uniquely qualified and are uniquely good at finding and starting businesses. We actually met on TikTok in 2020. We started Confident Care Academy, our nurse education business in 2022. And this episode, we're gonna talk about five things that we've learned in the past year of running a business. And then what we would say to nurses who are interested And starting their own business?
1: Yeah, I think the first most important thing to cover is that if you're the type of person who has become a nurse, most of us come from working class or middle class backgrounds. And we have partially chosen this job because it's economy proof, right? Yeah. How many times have you heard, like, oh, you'll always have a job in healthcare, you'll always have a job in nursing, and it's a very concrete path that is laid out for you. And if you follow these steps, you will get a job and it will make at minimum X number of money. And then you have all these options that lie ahead after that. So nursing is a very safe bet. So thinking about entrepreneurship is almost like a complete mindset flip to the type of person who's gone into nursing. What we want to do with this episode is show you guys that it is possible for you to branch out. One of the things I love preaching on is you don't have to become a CRNA to build wealth as a nurse. You can remain as a bedside nurse without traveling, without being a CRNA, and still build a business and build wealth. So we really want to empower you with this episode today. So how did Confident Care Academy start? Back when I was a new grad nurse, there were no nurse influencers. It was 2013. There were no educational resources designed for nurses on the internet. Any YouTube video you found was designed for doctors. Any blog you read was designed for doctors. There was really nothing for us. I purchased a cardiac surgery nursing textbook. It was fine. It was vague. It still didn't have everything I needed to know. And the only other book out there, which is a great book, I do recommend it, the ICU book by Paul Marino.
0: Classic. That's
1: it. Those are the only resources that were available for nurses, and since then, it's gotten a little better. There are definitely a few great nurse educators on the internet now, but it's still not much better. There's not much educational content out there for you to learn critical care, especially at the in-depth level that's required for you to perform. Nursing school teaches you to pass the NCLEX. It's a bare minimum safety curriculum that teaches you how to assess, monitor, give medication safely and intervene, right? Nursing school doesn't teach you how to be an ICU nurse. So my vision was to go in depth with nursing education. That's what I had built my social media channel platforms off of and really empower nurses in ICUs to take really good care of patients. You know, when we care for our caretakers, when you feel empowered, it makes your transition into critical care nursing less stressful It empowers you as the nurse. And then it also trickles down to better care for our communities. So this was like a vision um, that I had as a whole. I wanted Confident Care Academy to really be a self-paced course initially. Mm. And I also had known that I had not been a bedside nurse in a long time. And I needed a partner who was still there to make sure that everything I was saying was still like relevant or to bring light to anything I was missing or any practice changes, which by the way, there's barely none because nursing <laughs> moves at the speed of molasses, It's, which is a whole nother talking point. But that's why I, you know, I connected with Anna on the internet. I really liked what she was talking about. I felt like we connected really well. We became really fast friends and I invited her on to be my business partner to co-lecture with me so that I could really bridge my in-depth pathophysiology pharmacology education that I got in CRNA school and bring it to bedside nurses.
0: When we first started talking about the vision for Confident Care Academy, did we have the exact roadmap for what the end product would be? Like, did we know exactly what we were doing from day one?
1: No one in my life had ever started a business before. (laughs) I've never taken a business class. No. And again, even in this process, there's very little information out on the internet about how to do
0: it, right? I mean, was there...
1: (laughs) It was like, we've just been figuring this out as
0: we go. There's been a few resources for content creators online there's very little education available for people who are doing like educational startups so everything that we've learned over the last year and a half has been so self-taught it's been really interesting some trial and error as trial. well what would you say like we've taken away from that like over that we started we had the conversation february of 2022 that like, yes, we're going to work together on this project. The project is actually like pretty undefined in terms of what the educational deliverable would actually be. And we went back and forth pretty frequently talking about what that end product would look like. What would you say that we've taken away in learning over the last like 15 months or right at a year of actually launching? Like, what have we learned, I guess?
1: I guess from early stages of development going back and forth between, we were trying to decide, should this be a course or a membership, course or membership, course or membership. We went back and forth at nauseam about it. We did a lot of market research. We talked to other people who are in similar spaces, other content creators. At the end of the day, I think membership made more sense for the pace at which we were able to deliver the content. Mm -hmm. Writing a course would have required like a much longer startup time. We also did some experimenting. So we launched a mini course first. It was actually a webinar about how to get into CRNA school. It was like a four week webinar that we then recorded and turned into a self-paced course that was sold on Teachable. And that taught us a lot about like building a website. It forced us to form an LLC, open a business bank account, learn basic tax laws. It forced us to think about contract writing. It forced us to learn the basics of marketing a product and to just kind of see the trial run of like equipment and logistics. So I think that like us being in really starting out small Mm -hmm. and setting realistic goals and expectations and like being willing to kind of, practice things really helped make that startup process smooth. And ultimately the first lesson that we learned was good communication. I Mm -hmm. think we had to be honest with each other about what we thought and felt and not be worried about hurting each other's feelings. And also, I don't know, it, it was kind of hard for me to take my vision and then bring on a partner and share it and be willing to mold it. But I was so glad that I did because it made it so much better. So I think being willing to kind of like be flexible, compromise and communicate is like the first key of being a successful business owner.
0: I completely agree. In terms of the communication, I found that with all of our dialogue back and forth and back and forth, I feel that we were able to develop the product so much faster because we were able to really bounce ideas off of each other. And when I see other entrepreneurial friends kind of in similar spaces, I think that not having somebody to bounce your ideas off of can really sometimes limit the amount of time that you're investing even into your own business but because we're dialoguing all day when we're not in the operating room or in class we're talking pretty frequently throughout the course of the day and we are like refining and whittling down an idea until it's ready to go and i sometimes we start at a place that's completely different from where we end up like sometimes the idea is very far from what we actually end up creating as a product that we sell to people but i think along the way like it becomes so much better because we're talking back and forth and back and forth and we end, it ends up serving A larger community of people because it has like both of our inputs. And it's, I've really enjoyed that process.
1: I think it's important to note that the answer is not always to bring in a business partner either. I think Mm -hmm. having a bad business partner could really be more harm than good. But if you are in the entrepreneurial space, sometimes people are so cautious about guarding their secrets and like, they're so scared people are going to steal their ideas that they don't speak to anyone in the community at all. And it is important to you know, you, you want to be careful about who you share information with mm-hmm. and the amount of information you share, but it is going to benefit you to network and communicate with other people in your space and bounce ideas off of each other. People tell me all the time about really great products and things that have made their business easier, more streamlined, more efficient, and that
0: saved us a lot of money and time and trial and error. I completely agree. I also think one thing from the end of year one of actually having digital products available that we've learned is like from that trial run i think that you have to sometimes just start i think we if we had waited until we had the entire comprehensive end product of the critical care educational goal until we if we had waited until it was finished before we launched it i don't know when we would ever get there it would take so much longer so sometimes i think starting small like you were saying and then getting something out there then learning from that process as a movie to the next step It's an investment in yourself because then you learn about product launching on a small scale, marketing, all of these other things. So I would say don't set too high of a goal for yourself and don't set the entry point like way up here when you need to start, when you need to just start.
1: I got the advice from someone else in a course creation space, um, Giselle Ugardi. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she knows all about digital marketing and social media management and all of these things. She's a great person to follow on social media if you're interested in learning about any of this stuff. She talked about when you course write to actually start selling the course. So first pre-sell the course, like get it people on an email list and a wait list. And then you can be course writing as you've actually already launched the course. So you only need like the first several weeks of your course written. And then once you have people already enrolled, it's gonna force you to stay on track and kind of finish the course. Now, obviously you wanna have most of it done or at least like half of it done because God forbid, like something comes up and
0: then (laughs) you're in trouble. trouble.
1: It is a kind of an interesting, if you're planning on doing like a mega course, it is an interesting technique to force you to stay on pace. That brings us to kind of like the second big lesson I think we learned is, being okay with changing. Mm -hmm. We've had to pivot and change so many times. So again, this vision started out for us as it was gonna be a critical care course called New to ICU. That was like the original vision. And we initially planned on making it about your transition from nursing student to critical care nurse. It was gonna be targeted to new grads. And then we eventually changed it from a course to a membership. And then we were still targeting new grad nurses at the time, And then as we've been developing the product, we realized that Confident Care Academy goes so much deeper than what new grads need. And we have so many experienced nurses in there who are learning so much, people who are using it to prepare for CRNA school, people who are planning to use it during CRNA school now. And by the way, we're going to be building out the anesthesia library come this fall. I'm really excited about that. So excited. (laughs) And- We are very passionate about empowering students, so students get a 50% off discount, so that's like a huge part of it as well. Yeah, being able to pivot and change and like mold our vision has really accelerated
0: the speed at which we've been able to grow. I completely agree, and even the podcast is an example of that. We initially didn't have a YouTube or a podcast affiliated with our educational business at all, and now we've invested a fair amount of time and energy into even this product itself, the Confident Care Academy podcast. And this is going to be something that is free for our community and it really meets the needs of our target audience. So for people, as you are considering building and investing in your own businesses, I think one of the first steps that you need to consider is who is your target audience and what are their needs? And then going from there, because sometimes you can have a product that doesn't necessarily fill the needs of a community. And sometimes you have a community and they don't have really a need. So think about who really your community is going to be, think about who your audience is going to be, and then really spend some time thinking about what those people want and need from somebody like you and then you're going to find yourself really in alignment and you're able to show up authentically every single day and be excited about selling a product because you know that it aligns not only with your own passions and morals and just beliefs but also with the wants and needs of the community that you've built i think that's how we're able to show up authentically every single day and talk about confident care academy because we know it would have helped people like us five six years ago and that's exactly why we made it
1: i completely agree If you're listening to this episode and you're starting to get a little bit curious about a business idea you have brewing, I'm sure the number one thing in the back of your mind is money. Mm -hmm. Again, most nurses, we all come from, not all of us, most of us come from middle class or working class backgrounds or maybe impoverished backgrounds. And the cost of starting up a business is unimaginable to most Mm -hmm. people. I always thought that there's a big myth in America about business owners, all right? There is a huge myth (laughs) (laughs) Everybody thinks that people start businesses with their own money and then they just like take a big risk. Most business startups are actually started by someone else's money. True. Most people have investors. Now, you need to be really careful if you're going to go this route and get investors to start your business. You can easily get trapped into a bad deal. So- you need to really do your research and be smart if you're going to go that
0: route then there's the option of business loans you take out business loans for startup costs this is something that is common at most banks credit institutions sofi even business loans exist for startup costs in part you do usually have to present like a plan for what you're going to do with that money But now that I work with a few more people in the startup space, again, there's startup funding that's available from a fair number of people who want to invest in small businesses and they want to see a return on that investment. There's also business loans. There's also other ways that you can kind of invest in yourself and in your business by utilizing and leveraging nursing to start your own business. And that's kind of what we did, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I
1: think the more traditional way that somebody would do this, and this is what my friend Ruthie did. She started up a CPR company and she's really successful. It's actually huge. It's massive. Uh, taking a little bit of your overtime money or per diem work money, like whatever that extra pin money is in your budget and just kind of like slowly building up your business in the background. You don't have to go from zero to 60 in your first year. You can kind of just start out small, like invest in a CPR dummy, invest in the CPR instructor course, right? And then kind of build out from there. Host internet-based businesses also really reduces overhead costs. Mm-hmm. So it's very cheap for us to own a website as opposed to owning a store. Right. What we did was we actually leveraged social media. So mm-hmm. we used brand deals and integrations on our social media platforms to pay for our startup costs. So we put $0 of our own money into Confident Care Academy, and we paid for all of it with, yes, like work and labor, but...
0: The, but the physical tangible money came from leveraging other people's money, which we, yes, we earned as doing brand deals, but it was really, that was a really unique way I feel to start to cover the startup costs was leveraging social media as medical professionals. So we were talking about, I believe it was like travel nurse agency ads and we were able to then use some of that money to then start up confident care Academy, which was something that was super unique. We also of note over the last year and a half that we've worked together, taught ourselves and invested in our own education about how to manage brand deals and how to negotiate for ourselves. That was another entire different learning process because they don't really cover that in nursing school. (laughs) No.
1: And it's been crazy. I mean, and some of it's required some investing in yourself. Like I bought two courses on social media. One was the social media saloon with Jarrah Fosterfell, AKA Jarrah Bean on social media. And then the master of TikTok course from Giselle, which is no longer offered. But you know, it's all about learning to think outside the box and just digging deep and being a self-teacher, With which if you're a nurse, you are a
0: self-teacher. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about investing in yourself and in courses as we're self-teaching the entrepreneurial mindset, all of this stuff. When do you bring in a team? When do you hire people along this process?
1: I feel like that was a hard decision for us because mm. as soon as you start making money, you want to hold on to it it feels really scary to invest in your own business and invest in yourself and kind of take that bet on yourself. But if you can get a really good hire, the return on investment is enormous. Our first hire was um, a a little bit of a bust. It was someone who was supposed to help us with Pinterest marketing. And we still actually since then have not gotten into (laughs) Pinterest yet, even though we know it's going to be a great tool for growth, but we just haven't had the time. She really did not follow through. And she kind of just like ghosted us. And so we just canceled her contract after the first month. But our second hire was our current online business manager, who is amazing. Her name's Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. She's the best. Thanks, Anna, for all your help. I mean, Anna has saved us so much time by implementing systems to Mm -hmm. make our workflow more efficient. She protects our energy, by going back and forth between the video editing team and us, actually, that's that's probably our first real hire was our yeah, video editing team. The
0: Dava video editing team, I believe, was our first hire, and that was back in April or March. We of 2022. love you guys.
1: It takes so much time, guys, to edit a video on your own, and like, yes, it's a great skill to learn, but that has just saved us an enormous amount of time, and has allowed us to produce so much more content. Like, we can just crank out lectures, get them closed captioned make
0: short-form content, make long-form content thanks to these guys? Chrissy works full-time still. Chrissy's 40 hours a week in the operating room. I'm a full-time CRNA student. We unfortunately just can't edit and produce and write all of these lectures. And so, yeah, we use Dava Marketing for video editing. They've been incredible. We've been with them for a little bit over a year. And I remember really struggling at first with the concept of outsourcing anything because it's creative work, right? Like what we do is the presentation of ourselves on the internet. So outsourcing that to somebody else, like that was hard to do. But I think we had like many conversations, Chrissy, about the value of investing in ourselves and also like the time hourly equation of how much money it would be to like be worth it to invest in something else. So when I was editing my own YouTube videos, I was spending about eight hours per video doing that. I was still working as a travel nurse at the time. The calculation that needed to happen was what is eight hours of my time worth and what is eight hours that I am now losing on this task if I could outsource that to someone else. So I was able to free myself a little bit from that mindset of, oh, we can't afford to outsource anything if I was able to then view those hours gained back as more time to invest back in the business. So I think the video editing has been a no-brainer. And then the business manager has been really incredible and then our new hire as well has been great we've made two new hires really so jamie she's Mm -hmm. our
1: virtual assistant and she also is a big energy protector she is in all of our inboxes handling our support for our confident care members She also answers a lot of like our brand collab emails, so she'll forward them back to our business manager who handles any brand collabs that come our way, just kind of like protecting her energy overall. She also takes our videos that we film, and she schedules them and uploads them to the different social media platforms for us. Jamie's also did a lot of legwork helping us get ready for NTI, the conference that we'll be presenting at this week in Philly. I mean... By the time this episode is uploaded, guys, NTI would have (laughs) already happened, but that's okay. (laughs) Come see us next year. (laughs) Come see us next year. Such a huge time and energy saving thing to have these people in our arsenal. Oh my God, Jamie has this amazing skill set too of writing copy. So she's the one who's writing our emails. Like we double Mm -hmm. check them, but she watches our videos and looks at our content and then creates these amazing emails for our members. So the email list is like a great way to get information right to your inbox also once a week. So if you guys want to sign up for our email email (laughs) Yeah, join
0: the newsletter. We give out freebies in there sometimes too. So if you're not a Confident Care Academy member, the newsletter list sometimes gets free lectures and free episodes and all that stuff. Check that out.
1: So when it comes to hiring people, I think the key is hire as soon as you can afford it, right? So what we did was we would get like a couple brand deals and we knew that we had X amount of money for X amount of months. And then we would hire Anna, for example, and pay for Anna with like the brand deal money. And then knowing that like, okay, so we have 50 members a month. We have this much money coming in and we have this brand deal. like, We can afford the next hire. We can afford the next
0: hire. And we would kind of just go from there. We dialogue back and forth a lot about what the next step will be as we continue to build. And I think the ultimate takeaway from building a team is that good team members are worth their weight in gold. And also if you are trialing adding in a new team member maybe keep a trial period, like keep, yeah. a, keep a one month contract to see how the fit will be. I guess don't get yourself into a year contract with a team member that might not be the fit that you think. So I would say do like a trial period and then don't be afraid to outsource, but also keep your team kind of small because there's on the other end of things, you can end up spending all of your time managing a team on one end of the spectrum. And on the other end of the spectrum, you end up doing everything yourself. So finding a happy medium is going to be a good place as you, like, grow and scale your small small business.
1: It's also important to recognize that as you onboard a team member, people aren't going to just, like, be able to duplicate what you know and do overnight. Yeah. So one thing Anna always does for us is she always develops an SOP, a standard operating procedure for any future person that comes on to kind of follow the recipe for how we do things. That's another time consuming step, right? Like when you have your first hire teaching them to be you and do that one thing you do, it's gonna take them time to learn it. It's gonna take you time to write it down. We definitely encourage you to put things in a Google doc and make a Loom video. So it like allows you to screen record and talk over your screen recording, your process of doing things. And you're gonna have meetings and check-ins and feedback and tweaks. And that's a process that takes a little bit your first few weeks. So don't expect like magical change to come overnight. But if you onboard people properly and you have regular meetings and you communicate with them, you're going to see how much time it saves you on the back end. And it is just such a relief.
0: And this episode is not sponsored by ClickUp, but our business does run on ClickUp. And we think it's an incredible platform for small businesses, particularly businesses that are social media integrations we've been very happy with ClickUp. We also use Metricool. Honestly, we could do a whole separate episode just about the tools that our business runs with, but ClickUp is a great organizational platform for people who are looking to start a business and then run with a team, which really kind of leads into the last point, which is what do we have to say to people who are interested in starting a business, particularly nurses who are interested in starting a business?
1: I think the most important takeaway is
0: that Nurses make amazing
1: entrepreneurs. By definition, if you've become a nurse, your training was so vague and (laughs) so general and about passing this exam that really doesn't translate to your real-life practice at all. You were likely thrown way in over your head into an environment that was harsh. You had to learn quickly. You had to be flexible and adaptable. And you still do to this day. When you're a nurse, you're not just giving out medications and assessing patients, right? You're also interfacing with lots of different team members. You are, you know, client management. You're doing like that customer service relations with patients, their family. You are... Dietary, you are physical therapy, you are social work. You wear like, a lot of hats. It's, you're wearing a lot of hats. You are IT. How many times does your pump break or your computer go down and no one is there to fix it but you? I mean, nurses are flexible, adaptable, resilient, quick thinkers,
0: quick learners. I think nurses are just so uniquely positioned to be good entrepreneurs, just like you said, because of all of these character traits. One thing that I would like differentiate a little bit is when you're considering what your business will be, you really do need to have a target audience and a target, I guess, customer, and then think about what they need and what they want, because at the end of the day, something that you're interested in and then what other people will actually have like an appetite for might be two different things. Mm. And I think if you're able to get like a product market fit with that intersects with what people need and what you like to give, then you kind of hit the jackpot on being able to provide something that you're going to be able to show up consistently every day and like sell because you're passionate about it, which kind of also then leads into another point we have here, which is like, do you want to talk a little bit about the difference between like a business owner and an influencer? Cause this is like, this could be a whole podcast episode in and of itself. I think that most businesses today do need a social media component to Agreed.
1: market their business. It's like the old days—you would, you know, have a website and like <laughs> optimize SEO so that it ranks on Google, and then you would pay for ads to be placed different places. Right now, social media is kind of your website. That's like yeah. your primary source that people are going to find you through. So it is important to develop skills surrounding social media and learn to speak to a camera and to an audience and be yourself and also learn like basic marketing. But you know, you yourself could be the product. It mm-hmm. is actually a valid option to be a nurse influencer. I think one pitfall that a lot of nurse influencers fall into is once you start relying on brand deals for income mm-hmm. as your primary source of income you often lose relatability especially if like you stop kind of doing bedside nursing you also have to be careful to avoid the temptation of selling things to your audience that are not authentic or science based aligned with your degree your training or with you so you know avoid the pitfalls of selling dietary supplements dietary supplements there's so many sticky things that you could run into ethically and i think that being an influencer is like a really valid option and it's something that people kind of laugh at i think it's mostly because it's something that women do, not because
0: it's something that... Completely agree. (laughs) I think it's all very gendered. It's a little misogynistic. (laughs) I agree on all of it. I would encourage people who are on the influencer, and we delineate influencer from business owner only because they, you offer separate products, right? So if you are an influencer, the product is yourself and your lifestyle. And if you are a business owner, you offer a different either tangible or digital product. So if you're on the influencer path, we would say and recommend to all of our friends who are more nurse fluencers, to try to get a stream of income in relation to social media that is not exclusively reliant upon brand deals Yeah. for all the reasons Chrissy mentioned, you know, like integrity with your in line with your science-based nursing degree, all of this stuff. But then also just because like brand deals are infrequent, right? So if you get one or two, like one month and then you have two months where you don't have any brand deals and then That's really stressful to go back and forth from like having a really full calendar too, right? Like if you book two or three or four brand deals in one month, you can be stressed out just with the production of that content. And then the next month to have nothing, then you go from, you know, being overbooked to then underbooked. And then also something to consider is a lot of these contracts for brand deals are like net 30 or net 90, meaning you don't get paid till 30 days or 90 days after you complete the, the campaign. So if you can kind of differentiate your income so that you're not exclusively relying on brand deals, even if you do kind of line up more in the influencer space, we would encourage that. Of course we are, we only have been business owners for about a year, but I feel like we've Learned a lot in that time.
1: I just want to offer some like examples of that. So if you can have, you know, affiliate links are often do not give you the return on investment with your time that you wish they would. (laughs) (laughs) But it adds up. But it does add up. I think that like having those Amazon stores is like one really great example of like products you can authentically recommend to people. Also different things like if you can start a YouTube channel and monetize Your YouTube channel, getting that monthly recurring revenue once ads are monetized on that page is really huge. Another really great option is to start some sort of a like subscriber group or membership group, a Patreon, a Discord, where you're giving people access to your advice or some sort of like community and you're charging like a low monthly amount. Critical Care Now charges like three different levels, like five, 10, $15 a month to be part of his community. We love him, by the way. Yeah, and you get like different things, like different amounts of like lectures and education content, which is really neat. A lot of influencers also sell like just really cute little eBooks and digital Mm -hmm. products that are not that hard to make. We found that it was really nice to make eBooks through that website, Designer. With two R's,
0: Designer. And I wrote a travel nurse book, and we have that on the website. It was like a one time guide. You wrote a couple of little ebooks there. You, what was it that yeah, you wrote? Yeah, I
1: actually took them off of this for sale page, and now they're just freebies for our confident care members. But I have a first day in the OR shadowing guide for if you're interested in becoming a CRNA. It answers all the frequently asked questions of what you need to know. Your first day in the OR as an
0: SRNA, like how to survive. It's the first day in the OR survival guide. Both of those are great resources, and those are available for the Confident Care Academy members as just kind of bonus add-in resources. So definitely use that if you're about to go shadow a CRNA for the first time. As we have wrapped up year one, and we're looking into year two, we do have a couple of goals that we'd like to meet. And next year, I think we're going to start yearly kind of evaluations of how Confident Care Academy has grown and changed as a business. But a few goals that we have that we'd like to share with y'all, because we believe in not only transparency, but also goal setting and talking about those goals so that other people can kind of learn from each other in the entrepreneurial space. One of the goals that we have will be growing and monetizing the YouTube with this particular podcast platform.
1: Yeah. So this has been a really interesting experiment for us. We love to talk, obviously. (laughs) So, you know, with the Confident Care membership, that's obviously our first main business and stream of income, right? So, people pay a monthly membership fee to access the online video library where they get exclusive lectures that are super in depth for pharmacology and pathophysiology for all things critical care, and coming soon anesthesia. There's also a discussion board and a DM feature. So you can get like just more wraparound support and community. We also have monthly lives and we're going to start having more guests on our lives as well. We've already had our first guest, Gary, the respiratory therapist. He was was awesome. Really fun. But for marketing, originally we were just constantly plugging in our Instagram stories. And that's actually really tiring when you're a full-time business owner, grad student. CRNA to like be doing that every single day. So, we had the idea of starting this podcast as, you know, just a way to answer all of our FAQs more in depth have a resource we can keep having people refer back to. And then this is also kind of like one of our plugs for our membership as well, right? It helps just raise awareness of Confident Care Academy as a company, besides just being Chrissy and Anna, the people. And now there's going to be an opportunity once we get a certain number of view hours for ads to be placed here and get monetized as well. So this will be another stream of income. We also have brand deals that get integrated with the podcast, and our individual social media channels as well. Although we're very, very selective about who we choose and how often we do it because we want to give you guys only recommendations that we can authentically support and recommend. Other really fun upcoming revenue streams we have is we created our own badge reels and badge buddies that we're giving away for free at NTI. I'm super excited about that, but we're going to have that for sale on our website soon. We're in the process of website building right now though. So we'll have some more badge buddies coming our way right now. We have like different drips and ICU cheat sheets, but
0: we'll have anesthesia cheat sheets as well. Um, and we're gonna have some other merch coming up too. We're so excited for this next year because for the rest of 2023 and into 2024, disagree with me if you remember anything else, but I think the kind of big goals are finish the website redesign and rebuild and incorporate a blog post, finish kind of scaling out our team to incorporate Sybil, hopefully for the rest of the social media management on the Confident Caris Academy side, monetizing the YouTube and the podcast episodes, which we're really stoked about, and then finishing all of the critical care core curriculum is really yeah, those are our big goals. Those are our big goals and we're excited to check back in in 2024 and see how that went for finishing out the end of 2023. And we really believe that if you're a nurse and you have kind of a vision and a passion for starting a business that you are uniquely qualified to do that. And we want to empower y'all by sharing our journey and we would love to see and hear from all of you, what your business ideas are. So please comment kind of something, your hopes, your dreams, any of your business goals, and also comment what you would like us to talk about next time in our next episode. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, please follow and rate the podcast. It really helps us out in terms of rankings. And we are so excited about the next episode, which is going to be traveling and exploring new areas as a nurse. Perfect, we'll see you there.